Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. Welcome back to Location Matters. I'm your host, Claire Wilson. Here with me today, I'm very fortunate to have an all-woman podcast lineup, something that we don't get to experience too often. In fact, for this reason, we've worked hard to get together these guests in our ambition to not only advocate for more diversity here in the tech sector, but to practice it too. Location Matters was started as a way for us here at NGIS to give back to the GIS community with knowledge and discussions about technology, something that we are very proud of and happy to facilitate. So today, our focus is on empowering women to enter tech careers, which I hope will be a great encouragement for those female listeners who are looking to make their start, upskill, apply for a promotion, or maybe even start their own tech business. Unfortunately, this isn't the case in most workplaces, especially in the tech and GIS industries. According to the ABS, or the Australian Bureau of Statistics, in 2020, only 13% of women made up the total employees in the STEM workforce. So that might seem like a bit of a disheartening statistic, um, and we still do have a long way to go but the good news is that we are on the way there and making some pretty significant progress. Conversations such as these propel the message that we are here and we are willing and we are able and today we want we want to celebrate that fact. Um, In lieu of the upcoming International Women's Day we want to bring awareness to how many women are filling these roles in previously male-dominated industries. So with no further ado I would love to welcome our guests today Kia Emsley O'Brien, Daphne Yu, two colleagues of mine, and Kate Kerwin, most known for the founder of SheCodes, who has been hugely successful and achieved a great deal in furthering education and employment of women in tech careers, including your past involvement in SpaceCube, where you are a program lead, running programs such as Plus 8 and Startup Weekend. It's fair to say that you do a lot for the startup and tech industry here in Perth, so welcome to Location Matters, Kate. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's such a um, lovely welcome. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, we got there in the end. <laughs> uh, for the listeners, uh, we just had a huge technical um, hoorah. And it's an absolute miracle that all of these wires are connected and working. Um, so next we'll go to Daph. Hi, Daph. Can you um, introduce yourself? Hello there, um, my name is Daphne, um, it's good to be here today. Um, I work as a um, graduate developer at NGIS and I am currently um, on my second years in the graduate program at NGIS. Um, something else about myself, um, I love vintage shopping and cat, <laughs> although I don't have a cat. Um, and outside of work, I do a lot of yoga, so that's me. Oh, no way. That's really interesting. I didn't even know that about you, Daph. We're definitely going to chat about that later. <laughs> Thank you for, so much for coming on and um, sparing some time in your day for us, Daph. And lastly, Kate, <laughs> Kate, Kia, sorry, who's sitting right <laughs> next to me. Hi, Kia. Hi, Claire. How are you? <laughs> Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm... I'm Kia. I'm currently uh, at Winyama in the same office as Claire and was in the same office as Daphne, but you're upstairs now, I believe. 
Uh, I'm working as a GIS analyst intern and I'm reasonably new. I'm only about six months into the job. So a lot of learning, a lot of curves, a lot of information, um, something about myself. I really love sunsets. No way. Did you see last night's sunset? I missed it. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. That's a great fact about you. You're welcome. Okay, um, so let's dive in now. Um, Kate, as our guest, I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about SheCodes for those who might be unfamiliar um, with the organisation and what it is that SheCodes does. Yeah, um, thanks. So uh, I've been working on the SheCodes program for um, seven years now, so I've been doing this for quite a while. Um, and the mission is how we can inspire more women to enter technical careers. Um, so our goal is to create a community of 100,000 women um, by 2025, which is a pretty ambitious number of where we want to get to. Um, and I guess when we started, so I was really new to um, work for a co-working space, um, and I just got really curious about tech and entrepreneurship and trying to learn as much as possible. And uh, I was trying to teach myself to code and found that the communities that existed at the time, seven years ago, um, were not super friendly um, to beginners particularly, um, and, and women as well. Like there was a lot of uh, meetups that were very male-dominated, they were very intimidating, um, there was a lot of acronyms and things that didn't really make sense to me. Um, so a bunch of all of this kind of stuff was happening, and uh, at a similar time, someone else in the community was like, I really want to run something for women. So, that was where we started. I was just trying to solve my own problem and learn a little bit of tech. Um, and what we do now, so we do a one-day workshop in Perth four times a year. Um, we do it in Brisbane um, twice a year, and we do a couple um, around regional Australia um, on a little bit more of an ad hoc basis. Um, and then we have a one-week program and we have a six-month program. And our six-month program is really how we take people from like that early stage of their technical journey right through to um, kind of being job ready on the ground, working in um, a tech company or a tech role. Um, so we've been doing those longer programs since 2019. Um, and right now we've got our Perth program um, happening, which we're about halfway through, which is super exciting. Um, and we're kicking off our Brisbane program um, in the next couple of weeks and reading applications as we speak. Um, well, maybe not right now, but I was this morning. Awesome. Um, actually, that's a really interesting point. Uh, is is an application process, uh, she quotes? So our one-day workshop is open to anyone. Yeah. Um, it's a first-in, best-dressed um, sort of situation. Um, for our longer programs, everything that we offer is free for our attendees um, with scholarships provided by government and industry. Um, and it's a fairly competitive program to get into. Um, so our Perth program, I think we had um, nearly 200 applications for 20 places in the program. Um, so it is uh, quite quite competitive, um, just trying to get you know people that are really excited about um, the opportunities in tech and trying to broaden out the range of people that we can provide opportunities to as well. So it's not just the same kind of people that always get things, um, trying to get different layers of, um, of diversity and uh, yeah, just getting more opportunities to have different kinds of people in the room. Yeah. That's a really wonderful way to approach it, um, especially when that's the exact heart of the issue is that there is no or very little diversity 
um, in the workforce. Um, so kudos to you, Kate, and um, staying true to you know how you want to do things. Um, so next, we're going to talk about the She Codes mission. Uh, so I read, uh, forgive me, uh, that the She Codes mission is to teach women coding skills, get women into technical careers, build communities of like-minded women, and the vision is to increase diversity in tech by inspiring 100,000 women across Australia by 2025. Now we're in 2022. Uh, how are you going with the goal? Uh, so yeah, as I mentioned before, it's super ambitious. Um, we're taught, directly taught, about 5,000 um, women over the last seven years. Wow. Um, which is pretty incredible. Um, and our broader community, like across all of our social platforms and things like that, is near 12,000. Um, what we've been trying to quantify is like how do we, how do we quantify how we inspire people? Um, so it's a conversation we've been having a lot over the last couple of weeks. Um, because to be inspired to be in tech, you don't maybe necessarily need to have come from an event. Um, maybe there's softer touch uh, levels of inspiration and that kind of trickle down effect. Um, so what we're reshaping that goal into now is how we can build a community of 100,000 people. So some of those people we will directly teach, um, and some of those we're just putting them in a nice, warm, safe environment for them to come and hang out in as they want to, um, and maybe they don't need to directly be taught technical skills by me, but they can be supported in, in other ways. Um, so yeah, anyway, we're going well. Uh, there's still a long way to go. Um, and it's a really interesting time at the moment because tech is uh, growing so massively. Um, there's like, I don't know if you're on LinkedIn, there's like 100,000 tech jobs coming up all the time. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be a really interesting couple of years, I think, in the tech sector of how we can do things differently businesses are starting to think about, um, yeah, maybe maybe our traditional way of recruiting doesn't make sense anymore because mm. uh, there's so much demand and so much that needs to be done. Mm. Um, so it's really exciting for us. Yeah. And I hate to bring it up, but uh, with COVID as well, and um, especially here in Western Australia, having such limited access to international talent, um, I, I think that we could say it's a huge opportunity for Western Australian women uh, to really enter those those roles, the vacancies that exist um, on LinkedIn and other places, and make our mark, which is one of the better things to come out of COVID, perhaps. Yeah, I think there's a lot more companies open to remote work now mm. than there were, you know, two years ago. Um, we've got uh, someone, we did a program up in Port Hedland last year, um, and one of our mentors, she lives in Karatha, um, and she's, I think she's from a German background, um, living in Karatha, really happy living in Karatha for um, quite a few years now. Um, she was consulting to a Melbourne company, um, but midway through the program ended up getting a role with Atlassian, and now she's working for Atlassian from Karatha. And I just think that is so cool that, um, you know, it's Australia's, one of Australia's biggest tech companies, I would say 80% of their people used to be out of Sydney and Melbourne, um, now you've got someone who can live in Karatha and still work for like one of the biggest tech companies in Australia. Um, and I think that uh, COVID has provided more opportunities for people to do stuff like that and work from wherever they're more productive um, and just try and broaden out a little bit of that like Sydney Melbourne bubble mm. into um, opportunities in the rest of Australia. 
Yeah, completely. Um, growing up as a Western Australian born and bred girl, I definitely feel the remoteness that Perth has to bring uh, when it comes to opportunities um, on a personal level. <laughs> so, yeah, it is really nice uh, to, to have these kinds of uh, changes open up. Uh, so next I just wanted to ask you, Kate, uh, and then I'll throw to both you, Kia, and you, Daff, afterwards. Uh, what is your personal tech background uh, and what was your personal journey like into the world of coding and tech uh, and what kinds of challenges did you experience as a woman, if any? Yeah, so um, I guess like I was saying before, my tech background was super limited before I started doing this. Yeah. I was um, just curious and playing around um, on different websites and tutorials and just trying to learn some stuff. Um, didn't my education background, so I studied a business degree, international relations and business law, um, which arguably not really relevant to anything. Um, I have no regrets, but not super useful in my current work world. Um, and while I was studying, I was working in an events role. So events, I think, was my professional background. And kind of business was my tertiary background. Um, and then this, this kind of happened fairly organically that I just um, found uh, an interest in me. Um, I can still code like a little bit. Um, but I definitely defer to people uh, like Daphne and a bunch of our other mentors who are um, way smarter than me on a, on a technical level that can do a lot of the teaching. Um, but my skill set is more in how we build community, um, finding partnerships and relationships to keep funding the programs. Um, and I think it's kind of an asset that we can test some of the content on me as well. Um, uh, see, if, see if we're pitching at the right level and just trying to make it really approachable and friendly. Um, and then I'm not getting stuck in a, in a developer mindset um, as well, which is quite nice. Um, in terms of barriers, I think uh, it was definitely interesting when I started doing this. Um, had no ambition of being where it is now. Like, um, it was just a workshop for me to learn to code and find a community. Um, but I think in the early days, like when I started this, I was 21. Um, and there's some interesting challenges about being a young woman who has ambitions to do stuff where people are like, really? I don't know. Are you sure that you could do this? You weren't just a 21-year-old girl that's talking about like changing the world. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much of that is a barrier from being female and how much of that's a barrier from being young mm. um, or both. I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, there were some interesting, definitely some interesting moments. Um, and I think the big things that I saw was like going to a meetup group where um, not only are they all men, but they're all wearing black, white, or grey. And oh. they're in a green dress. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> this is awkward. And everyone's staring at you. Mm. Uh, and I know them all, and I still feel like I shouldn't be there. Mm. Um, or in the very early days, this only happened once, but. Um, I had someone be like, oh, yeah, you're telling a friend, you should definitely go mentor. Um, it's a great place to pick up women. And I'm like, what? no, 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 Being a mentor is not a great place to pick up women. It's you're there in service of them, not try to get a date. That's a weird, even joke to make. Yeah. Um, so I think there was a few of those. I haven't seen it much lately, but, um, yeah, I think there's still some perceptions there from certain people mm. um, that 
there's definitely some bigger issues in the community. Yeah. Okay, Dad? Um, so for my personal journey, um, I could start pretty late. So I only getting into coding when I started the university. So I went with a more, I guess, traditional way of education for learning coding. Um, yeah, uh, before that, I didn't know anything about coding. So I just start everything from scratch. Um, and I guess it's pretty like, scary when you first started. Um, I don't think it's much related to being a woman, just being like a completely noob, newbie. Um, yeah, so just like um, struggling around, um, finding resources, um, asking questions in the tutorial session, like really dumb questions. Um, I'm glad they didn't roll their eyes on me. I was like, uh, how do you write code? Um, and they're like, oh, we just open up some text editor. I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, so that was funny. No um, questions, yeah. a silly question though. <laughs> so first year was kind of like really tough for me. And then after that, I just started um, getting involved in more like tech community. Um, for example, I um, joined committee for coders for courses that's a um web de web development um like we teach web development in university in uwa and then i started going to a lot of like tech workshop networking events and um tech conferences and also a big part of me um is doing the sheep home mentoring thing um because i i I'm not like a really um, like social person, mm -hmm. so the 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 um, mentoring thing was pretty scary for me. But then it turns out to be pretty nice, so I'm glad that I did that. Um, yeah. So um, challenges, I can't think of much um, for doing coding because. Um, my boss and managers, they are really like, they trust me that I can do my job and they didn't, um, like, I don't feel there's any like inequality in my workplace. But previously, when I do, um, like, sort of like IT job, there are, um, like, a, it's really interesting because there, there was a woman, there was a lady, she called for help, and then she just like demanded. Uh, she wanted to speak to men and i was like i can help you with that i know how to solve your problem why don't you just give me a chance and then i just get so upset and i just start crying in the office oh um, yeah, that was just um a little bit of a um i don't know um weird situation mm. yeah yeah, it's uh, it, it can be confronting when someone says to you, oh, oh, no, you're not the person I need. And you're like, but I am, you know. How am I not as good as a man? My brain is, is different. Everyone's brain is different yeah. and I'm, I'm here and I'm capable. And I, it's, mm -hmm. it's actually really sad that we all have a story about this. Um, mm -hmm. But thank you for sharing, Daph. And I'm sorry that happened to you. That's terrible. <laughs> Kia. Do you uh, do you have anything to share about uh, your experience um, in tech before now, um, or not? And what was your personal journey like? Uh, well, I'm I'm really new to the tech 
world. So everything is fresh, everything is sparkly. I'm having a great time. Again, it's a lot of learning and I'm enjoying that. Um, so I haven't, because I'm so inside this new experience, I haven't really experienced, thankfully, anything like you have, Daphne um, or Kate. Um, I have worked in other jobs previously. My background is in art. I studied dance at WAPA, um, did a lot of volunteering, splashed and splashed around in a lot of different work roles, writing articles online for canoe sports, um, you know, a whole different array of jobs. So I think now as I kind of look forward to uh, stretching my, my legs out in the water, in the, in the tech realm, so to speak, um, I'm very mindful of who I am as a woman and how I want to be represented how I want to convey myself, how I want to be seen, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, taking it with stride, I guess. I think that's um, that's a really important point you make. I actually find your transition from other pursuits into tech really inspiring. We've talked about that on the side personally. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, and I think it's also a, a really great case study for people that perhaps listen to this podcast, which is our hope, that um, actually if you want to, you can. You know, it doesn't really matter what your background was previously. Absolutely. That's why we have uh, people like Kate who create amazing programs to educate women uh, and enable us to do whatever it is that we want to do because no longer are we living in the days where it was like these are men's roles and these are women's roles. It's like, no, anyone can do anything they want um, and we just all need to get over that and move on with it. That's right. Yeah, it is. Okay, so just after uh, leaning on from that, I just wanted to ask you, Kate, these kinds of uh, challenges um, and personal experiences that we've had uh, with coming up against, you know, those those barriers, did that at all form some of your desire to find to found she codes? I mean, in the beginning of this podcast, you were just talking about how you were trying to, um, you know, kind of feel it out uh, early days, and uh, you found a friend. And um, do you want to just share more of that story? Yeah, yeah. So I guess where where we were at the times, I was dabbling around, um, learning a little bit of stuff. Um, did find connections in the community really quickly. So I said that there wasn't a lot of like big communities that existed for people learning to code, but um, there was definitely still some amazing people out there that I met um, that were willing to help me in my journey. Um, and so there was a guy who, uh, yeah, he really wanted to run something for women. It was like, I just don't want to be the only person like involved in this because I don't know, I feel really uncomfortable about that. Um, and I want to use your event experience because I've also never run an event before. Mm. Um, so that was kind of our first time working together. I'm trying to, he, he brought the tech side and I brought the event side. And um, that was kind of the first one. Um, I think for me, reflecting back now, um, there's definitely been like lots of moments in my life where I haven't felt like I fit in. Um, so I was thinking about this when I was doing a presentation for school last year. Um, I'm actually from the country, so I grew up down in Bunbury, um, born in, in Karaka, moved to Perth, then Bunbury, went back to Perth. Um, but moving from Bunbury back up to Perth, that was like a massive shift for me in the middle of high school. Um, 
and was kind of really desperate to find like how I'd fit in in this new space, like new school, new people, um, and that was quite hard for me. That took me probably a year to figure out like how that fits. Um, and I think reflecting back now, that was probably the shoe that I was trying to fill again in the early days of starting this community um, of, I don't really feel like I fit in and I want to find the people and I want to do that better and quicker than last time that I felt this. So um, I think that was probably what spurred on a lot of that initial energy um, of like how we solve this problem and how do I make it not a problem for the next person who feels the same way that I do. Um, yeah. Beautifully said, Kate. Um, and that leads me nicely into where I was going to go next with my questions. Uh, you know, um, why why do we think it's important for women to enter the tech industry? And I think that you've answered that just brilliantly. Uh, but feel free to add more if you would like to. Um, otherwise, I'll call on both Kia and Daph for your personal perspectives. Why is it important? That we have more women in the tech industry. Maybe we'll start with you, Daph. More women in the tech industry. Um, I guess um, in a more like emotional note, I just feel um, heartbreaking to see women holding back by the society stereotype because it's like you can't do this, you can't do that. But um, it's your life, it's your desire, and you just don't. If you want to learn coding, um, just learn coding and have fun because coding is fun. Um, yeah, um, and I guess um, by having more women in tech industry, um, we can achieve like gender equality sooner because um, I guess we already have like a initial momentum because like everybody's pretty much like have this awareness of um how there's um less women in tech industry how are we gonna solve that so we have this initial momentum and it's just a matter of keeping the good vibe and then just keep bringing in women and practice these things and by, by providing opportunity and encouragement, mentoring, and also help women to um, identify obstacles and remove them for them so they can grow and yeah, pursue their career and become a better person. So um, I hope eventually this kind of things can become a norm, like we don't like, tell people not to do things just because their gender because they're just silly so yeah thanks thanks Daph um I, my favorite part of that was uh, learn coding and have fun because that's what it's about right you know um just having fun with what you do and you know love your work uh, okay Kia yeah um well I'd say that I think women um they offer different perspectives mm. I think that's highly valuable mm. and you know, as someone who is uh, coming up to halfway through the six-month Sheep Codes program, I've realised that technology is everywhere mm. and we need women to be a part of it, mm. however that may be. Mm. And I think, I think people do need to get over the fact that women have the capacity to learn. <laughs> 
Yeah. We're so capable. mm, Absolutely. I really like that because we absolutely have a different perspective and um, isn't it about coming up with, you know, the best solution for that challenge and why couldn't that come from a female brain as opposed to a male brain? Like, um, yeah, I think we're just as capable. Uh, Okay. Um, So, Kate, I just want to touch on... I have a couple of things to jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I have a couple of things to add as well. Yeah. Um, to that. So um, from a business perspective, um, mm. I think he really summed that up nicely, but um, products made by diverse teams are just better products because you've got better perspectives of um, what your end users are going to be. There's like very few products in the world that are the end users are 100% men. Tons of products where the people who are creating them are. Um, so having that empathy for your end user. Um, from a business perspective, diverse teams are usually safer and more productive and more creative. And so it makes I think, economic sense for a business um, to have a diverse team um, as well. And then from a broader economic perspective, like tech roles are uh, re- relatively like stable, well-paying careers. Um, so now we're solving some of the you know, gender pay gap across um, on a societal level. Um, if we can move people into um, you know these safe, stable, well-paying careers um, instead of kind of pushing people to what are being called like safe careers, um, like accounting or um, teaching or nursing um, that are you know much more service-based. Um, service-based roles um, and tend to have a, a salary cap um, into you know, more profitable, well-paying careers. Um, that makes a difference to uh, economically and society um, for women as well. So I think there's some like nice nice reasons for people like Daphne was talking about. There's some, um, some good perspective, uh, like Kia was saying, but there's also just like some hard numbers, business facts um, in there as well. That's right. And um, I think that it's important to note that um, with most societal challenges, usually change starts from the top. Um, and it's funny timing, but actually just yesterday for work-related things, I was reading about Australia's plan for, you know, sustainability and um, becoming, you know, net zero and um, all of that, but a part of it, a huge part of it, is um, how we're going to get there. And um, there was a statement the Prime Minister put out um, just late last year, saying that it needs to be um, a, it needs to be a tech-focused solution. You know, like it it can't just happen. And um, it, you know, they're they're about you know making sure that the consumer still has choice in what they buy and things like that. And I guess that that kind of thinking is applicable here, whereby like. Um, if we are really for sustainability, which is more than just environmental uh, measures, we have to also take people along with us and that includes their jobs and their income and their security and their futures. And absolutely um, agree with what you were saying, Kate, on that because uh, who's to say that you can't, you know, work in uh, the Pilbara and uh, work for a huge tech company, as you were saying before, um, and, yeah, in just enjoy the, the flexibility and freedom of all of these kinds of careers and what they have to offer. And furthermore, 
you know, everything else that's popping up that's not such a um, uh, traditional career, shall we say, which is super exciting. Um, so I wanted to just go next to um, a little bit more about she codes and uh, how it operates. And you did touch on this earlier, Kate, I recognise. Um, but it, it's been operational now um, in 10 locations around Australia, is that right? Yeah. And um, in both capital cities and regional towns. Uh, but, but usually these kinds of workshops are few and far between. Um, and in recent years, you and the team have worked hard to ensure that you can bring these kinds of courses to regions. Why is that important to you? Is it because of your your background growing up in the country? Yeah, so um, it definitely holds a special place in my heart being able to do things in, in regional areas. Um, and I do think there's stuff that gets overlooked in, um, in regional areas. So a lot of, especially up in the Pilbara, there's a lot of money floating around. Um, but a lot of it's being funneled into things that um, I just don't know if it's going to help the town survive uh, in the long term. Um, mm. So how are we developing skills that can help the region, um, you know, past the next 10 years when, you know, maybe mining changes or slows down or things like that. Um, we've also got um, some really, really cool innovations happening out in regional areas or um, some fisheries, like there's some cool stuff happening, but a lot of that talent is coming from Perth, going there, implementing stuff, and then coming back. Um, and that really bothers me because, like, the people who understand the problem are the people who are on the ground mm. doing it, and there's just this, like, flow of information that's just coming straight back out of the region and coming back to the city, and then the local community doesn't get to thrive alongside it. Um, so that annoys me. Uh, I also think that, like we were saying before, you really can work in tech anywhere you have an internet connection, um, which most of the places around WA now have like at least reasonable internet connection. Um, so there's no reason why you can't, you know, run a software business from Portland, Karatha, or Geraldton, or Albany, um, and work remotely. Uh, there's no reason why do that now other than that lack of opportunity and education um, and I think that's why tech is also such an exciting opportunity for women because it is flexible around like you can live somewhere kind of random um, and have family that you need to pick the kids up from school and come home and work for a couple of hours and then you know come back on in the evening and that's probably okay because your colleagues are in Melbourne or in Germany or whatever um, so it actually makes a lot of sense um, for those kinds of people um, to have these kinds of opportunities. But we're still seeing um, in a lot of places they're getting kids are getting pushed into the same kind of careers that mm. they've been having for the last 20, 30 years because that's what they know um, and just aren't being even told that there's opportunities. Um, so we run a program up in Fort Headland. Um, it was a one-week program. Um, initially, and then we did a six-month version. But the one-week program that we did, we had this um, with a gun in the car. So our um, values is that we're uh, female-focused but male-friendly, um, and we're looking for um, you know people that really need the opportunities. So we opened it up to women first, but then um, you know, there's 
that's only to be part of it. We're not going to exclude them. Um, and we had this 17-year-old kid who um, he was finishing year 12 and he was the only one who was interested in technology and computer science in his school. So he had to learn like remote education um, in Thailand to learn a little bit of technical skills. And his school, the only thing they could offer him was like hang out with the IT guy and like set up some computers in the computer lab. And like, that's cool, but like probably not the most useful skill set for him to learn mm. in his technical career. Um, most companies that you're working for aren't going to make you just set up computers all day, every day. Um, so having this kind of opportunity where he could learn with us for a week, um, I hope has really given him a little bit more perspective on what exists and how he can do that. Um, and I'm not sure that if he didn't come through our program that he would have had that opportunity because they're just like, there's still a lot of confusion and fear around doing things, online courses, um, if you don't know how, how to ask for help um, and there's no one locally doing it, it's really hard to get the motivation to keep going. Um, and yeah, then like, if, the, if your friends and family in school are saying like, this isn't really an option for you, um, it's very hard to keep pushing back and being like, yeah, no, I think I think I can do this thing. So I think it's, yeah, for, for me, it's about awareness of opportunities and giving people the chance to do stuff and kind of tapping into that talent um, and trying to keep those regions kind of growing and giving them a bit more forward-thinking momentum. Mm. Absolutely, and it is really important that that anecdote that you told about the boy who, um, you know, only had access to the IT guy at school and setting up computers before undertaking one of your programs. I think that's really powerful and um, may he go on and do great things. Um, hi, hi, Daphne, you're waving. Say what, were you, what would you like to say? Um, hey, I really like your story about the um, regional young kids learning um, to code because um, sometimes um, for like a beginner, it's really great to have like a little bit of introduction and hand-holding at the beginning so you know where to start. Because as a beginner, sometimes you just have so many questions you don't even know where to start. So yeah, I, I think um, like what you did, like the one-week one course, would be very helpful for him to just start um, being able to have the capability of like to learn by himself. Um, yeah, so I think that's really great. Yeah, that is sweet. Thank you, Daph. Uh, and now I'm just going to ask Kia your your personal perspective. You are one of the She Codes Plus program learners at, currently now. Yeah, that's what you're up to. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the program and, you know, how's your journey been so far and all of the good things? It's been good. I think I've only cried twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's been good. Happy um, tears. <laughs> happy tears. <laughs> um, it's, it's been nice to kind of been... Uh, we have been thrown in the deep end. I think um, I'm speaking for the women who have no coding experience and having my first lesson with the she codes program i did do a lot of googling afterwards to just double check what some of the <laughs> terminology meant um and i was a bit worried that 
that was supposed to be a uh, prerequisite for the course. Um, but I soon found out that a lot of other women are like, no, no, we don't know what we're doing either. So that's good. Um, I'm really enjoying the community um, that has been kind of established through the She Codes program. Um, a lot of the women are similarly on the same page so we can kind of lean on each other when we don't know and have that support and reassurance of that's completely okay. Um, we are looking at five different languages. We have completed Python, we've done HTML and CSS and now we're just getting to grips with Django which has been a lot of fun. Um, it is that I think for the Django part of um, the She Codes program, it's really getting comfortable with navigating the unknown and being totally okay with not knowing. And that's just completely fine. Um, there are a lot of times where I think I'm having an aha moment and then I'm looking at the screen and I don't know what I'm looking at. And I'm getting comfortable with that. And I think that's okay. And it's a part of the process. Um, yes, the, the Django project is actually due on Sunday. So um, I am deep in it. <laughs> um, it has been challenging, um, but it's kind of clicking together. And I've accepted, yeah, that it, it is difficult. And it's a lot, uh, it's, it's far more helpful having other people who are on the journey with you. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at at this point. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, it sounds like you're, you're really going through it with Django right now. Um, and I absolutely love all of the solutions that you're coming up with. We talk about um, at our desks, like you're, you're writing it down on paper, you're going home and you're whiteboarding it out. Um, and that's what it's about, you know, is I, I think anyone who has ever tried to learn a new skill can absolutely relate to that, where you get to the, the part where you're like, oh, okay, I actually know nothing now. Um, yeah. And you overcome it yeah. through persistence and hard work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, I think, at this point, it's, um, I'm at that point now where I'm, I'm trying to ask questions to the mentors in the language mm. and I think before that I was kind of resorting to if I if I had if I had a problem and I was looking for help I would wave my arms around and a mentor would come over and I would say I don't understand and I would point at the screen mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but now it's kind of coming together and I'm I'm able to kind of formulate something and and within asking and, and trying to solve the problem and soundboarding or what I found out is called rubber ducking can actually what? be your ticket to solving your own problem. Okay, pause. Um, <laughs> everyone who um, is listening that doesn't know what rubber ducking is, I hope there's lots of you because I certainly don't. Can someone please explain that? So to my understanding... Rubber ducking is when you essentially you're soundboarding, uh -huh. venting sometimes mm -hmm. what's happening with your code. Maybe you've come across a problem and you just need to voice what that is to someone mm -hmm. like you would a rubber duck in a bathtub. Ah, uh, okay. And, and by doing that, right. you kind of overcome the problem and you can just walk away saying, thanks for listening, and you solve the problem. Oh, I absolutely love that. Thanks. Thanks for that little perla. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
actually um I've, I've had that happen personally a bunch of times just talking through like specific challenges that I'm going through at work and as you as the words are coming out of your mouth you're like actually oh yeah no worries I've got it don't worry <laughs> and it's one thing to recognize the problem but as you were saying before Kia it's another thing to be able to articulate that and ask for help at the right time when you need it and say this is the problem I'm having can you help me with this rather than just saying ah yeah. Um, yeah, and that's a huge part of the learning journey. So congrats on that. Um, okay, so now we've heard from Kate, who founded SheCodes, Kia, who is completing the SheCodes Plus program as we speak. Daph, I would love to know, what has your experience being a SheCodes mentor been like? Um, How did you get involved? Can you tell us a little bit about it? I participated in a one-day workshop was making some Python games um, and I also did a presentation about um, what is it like to study um, computer science at university um, to some a lot more younger kids um, yeah so that they know the reality of like university education like tutorials and lectures and stuff and um like club so then they can choose for themselves if that's the right pathway for them um i also did a couple of like up little chat with work experience though um at three calls um and that one is just mainly for sharing my journey um like coming um i from knowing nothing to become a web developer, um, yeah, just coding every day, happily, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's just mainly, like, sharing my journey and just answer some questions if they have any, um, yeah, and the way I got involved is, um, because, um, I met the tech lead at SheCode, Hayley, she's a really nice girl. <laughs> I met her when she first um, moved from New Zealand to Perth. And then um, we actually met first at a, um, like a tech event. Um, she was presenting about um, a Python web framework called Flask. And then she just got enthusiastic and stuff. So then we, um, we just exchange contact and just keep in, in touch. And then, um, yeah, fast forward a little bit, um, she joined SheCodes with our tech leads and then she just sometimes messaged me saying we have this event coming up, would you like to come and um, have fun with us or like just, yeah, mentor and stuff. And then um, 
Yeah, I, I wasn't very sure if I wanted to do that at first, but then um, yeah, I decided to come to one of these um, Python E's workshop, and I think it's really good because um, he's that lovely, and it's really interesting to see they learn. Because um, sometimes if you get um, a little bit further into your career, you will forget like what is it like to know nothing, like mm. what kind of question will you ask. So it's really good to help them with um, like some basic stuff, setting up things and like that. Um, and I guess the benefits. Um, so on, on the workshop day, I really enjoy hanging out with um, fellow mentor um, like developers because um, yeah, you don't get a chance to hang out with so many um, like developers from different companies, different kind of um, experience level and yeah, just different background and life journey. And it's really nice to be able to hang out with them and yeah, just have some nerdy talk and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is really wonderful. And and I guess, you know, everything that I've heard from all three of you today, um, this community is, is all about helping one another out and, um, you know, furthering furthering your knowledge, furthering your skills. And sometimes that comes through helping others. Um so well done, Daph, on um, finding your little niche and contributing to the community. That's um, that's how these things get going and keep going. Um, so I'm aware that we're running out of time. Um, so just quickly, maybe like a sentence or two from everyone. Um, what advice would you give to women just starting out in the tech industry? I'll start with you, Kate. Best advice is to just try and fill your network as much as possible um, and meet uh, meet people and listen to their stories um, and to ask for help as early and often as possible. Um, the tech community is so lovely. Um, like Daphne was just saying, like a bunch of the mentors are like the nicest humans I've ever met. Um, and I don't think I've ever been told by anyone, um, no, I can't help you. So I think there's a lot of, we put a lot of fear in like, oh, a mentor has to be like, I have to commit to them for the rest of my life. Um, you can ask one person one question and probably not speak to them again. And they'll be like, that was so cool that I got to have that person that one time. Um, so I wouldn't overthink it uh, if you do need help. Um, and trying to ask for help even before you need it, uh, before you're in a bit of despair and about to give up, um, when you're like, slowly on the way down into a bit of despair, then asking for help uh, at that point and seeing if we can get you back out of the bit of despair before you're in too deep and give up. Um, and just trying to find other people who, uh, yeah, have different careers and have different paths um, and just learning about what that looks like. Um, I think that's really important when you're starting out. Thanks, Kate. Um, Daph, your advice. My advice, um, it's probably not necessarily for women, but just for like people entering into tech industry. Um, it's like, there will be a lot of frustration along the way because like when your code doesn't run, it's not fun. And then you'll spend hours and hours just trying to solve some little issues 
along the way. Um, but it's just all part of the learning journey and just don't give up and try to find some help because um, yeah, it's very helpful to get some help. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> no, that's great. That is absolutely wonderful. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Daph. Let's go to you, Kia. Yeah, I have definitely spent hours and hours working on something that was super small. And when I did ask for help, the um, solution was quite simple and I couldn't see it. Um, I guess my advice, as someone who is new into the tech space um, and it's... Uh, um, daunting sometimes is to I guess just be brave and remind yourself that people are genuinely happy to help you most often than not people people really do want to help and that's really supporting absolutely yeah just echoing what um, Kate said as well um, you know no one's gonna turn around and be like no I'm not gonna help you <laughs> if that does happen you're in the wrong spot uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, the the last thing I just wanted to cover off was um, where should people go for extra resources and support? Uh, but perhaps we can just save that uh, for the show notes and I'll get you ladies all to send through any kinds of um, little resources that you think would be wonderful for people starting out. I can think of a few myself, so we will talk about that um, offline. Um, and... Yeah, that's, that's us. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining today and, Kate, giving up your time. Daphne, you too, and you, Kia. Uh, and thank you for persisting with this um, uh, ironic tech issues that we were having. <laughs> um, so thanks for joining us today. If you like what you've heard, you can subscribe and listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Podcasts. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website, ngis.com.au.